to me, it's, look, you can live however you want. It's not my job to tell you how to live your life. But what I will say is, if you want to live a phenomenal life, if you want to have the life that you deserve, the relationship that you deserve, you can have it by co-creating it with your partner. The patriarchy and the gender binary has created this situation for men, you know, through their socialization that has effectively like muted them in a way like they don't, and obviously generalizing, but I feel like they're not just, they're just not confident to be human, to be like Mm -hmm. emotional and to get in touch with who they are truly deep down. And so we're living these abbreviated lives where we do, you know, believe that our wife nags us and we do believe we can't be a great caregiver or all the negative stuff that you hear. You know, we can't talk about our feelings with other men. We can't hug each other when we say hello, right? It's just a create the whole thing is crazy to me. I believe that men are operating in their relationships from a place of fear and insecurity and defensiveness. Mm-hmm putting up a, a wall yes. to to protect themselves, I guess I would say. And and, the, and what's <laughs> the irony is that they're actually hurting themselves, right? Because they have these walls built that they think they're safe behind. I think that's like the deep rooted issue is that our initial reaction at home is to put up a wall and defend our, defend our character because we're taking, you know, whatever is said personally. And it's a, uh, as if, as if it's an attack on our character, like who we are as men, who we are as husbands, instead of really the perspective that I'm in a partnership trying to do better for my partner. I, I the, the mindset of waking up and saying, what can I do today to support my partner best? What does my partner need from me today? Some days that might be you know, nothing that might be, I need space. Right. And other days it might be, no, you have to get the laundry folded. You got to get the dinner cut, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like you got to get this, 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 this done. And the idea that own it as an adult, you're asking another adult to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. It happens all the time. And it's just, when you really peel back that layer, it's like, it's sad. It doesn't make sense. Like you are a grown adult. You can, it's your house. You can not only see what's happening, but you should be will- wanting to know how to do, if you don't know how to do something, you should want to know how to do it or how to do it better. Or, hey, you know, you've been doing this for the last 10 years of our marriage, but I know I can do that too. Mm-hmm. And I want to take that from you. Realize for me personally, we, I'm, I've been married nine and I, I don't think I realized all of what I know today till like year seven mm-hmm. i mean and i'm it's i'm not embarrassed by that i think that you don't know what you don't know and if mm-hmm. if you don't learn it and all you know is what you've been modeled and what you've seen and what you've heard it's very difficult to be showing up in your relationship in a way that's powerful and meaningful and mm-hmm. and is co-creating with your partner and Having those difficult conversations is not something that comes naturally for for anyone, but especially for men, because we've been muted for so long, told that we are not capable or even supposed to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Or feelings about it. Or feelings. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just um, it's to me, it's it's not to me, it's 
look, you can live however you want. It's not my job to tell you how to live your life. But what I will say is if you want to live a phenomenal life, if you want to have the life that you deserve, the relationship that you deserve, you can have it by co-creating it with your partner, by having the difficult conversations with your partner, by willing to open up and be vulnerable and be emotional and get in touch with your feelings and ask yourself difficult questions like, who do you want to be? Because your whole life has probably been spent asking yourself, who do they want me to be? Who should I be? A lot of them don't know, and that's totally okay. But it's this expectation from society that we're supposed to know. How do you know who you want to be in the world? So I think for men, it's just harder because not only is that question a difficult question to answer when you're when you're young, we're told we're not supposed to be in touch with our feelings and our emotions and have these conversations with other men. Yet, in order to find out who we truly are, we need to. Mm-hmm. I think men are hungry for 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 more of oh. this, and I yeah. just think not willing to admit it. And I think I hear a lot of people on LinkedIn and a lot of people in the corporate space talk about giving yourself permission, you know, to take time for yourself or to take space. A lot of time that is geared more of as a as a lesson for women to learn. I think men need to give themselves permission to admit they need to have the admission part first. Like it's not so much a permission, but like you have to admit to yourself that you need this. Because right now, I think a lot of men are just like, I'm good. I'm fine. Because it's because you have to be strong, right? Yeah. Like that's the, that's the patriarchy and men's socialization getting in the way of really progressing as, as a person through your life and growing is, well, I can't admit that I'm weak. I can't admit that I need help. Because then what, what is someone else going to think about me? What's my brother going to think about me? What's my friend going to think about me? I can't show up at the bar saying, hey, I really need to talk. Right. I had a really hard day. Can I like have a cry for a bit? Like <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So all of these things are completely human. Yet for some reason, well, not for some reason, we know why, yeah. um, you know, we're not doing those things. And so if we're not doing those things, how are we growing in our relationships? How do we know who we even are? If someone was stuck in defensiveness around whatever it is, just like that body feeling of defensiveness, and they were sitting right in front of you, what would you say to them? I mean, first I would say it's okay because I've been there. I've I've been that. I've been that guy. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to want to just put up your wall and defend yourself and feel feel like you're not enough. And the reason why I say it's okay is that it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you feel that way. You've been told that you have to fit in your whole life. And whether you you may have even succeeded in certain times fitting in with a group in, in some area, maybe not fitting in somewhere else, right? I mean, we've all kind of had that experience, I think, where Hopefully, we've at least found somewhere along the way that we fit in. But if it's not authentic and we only did it because we wanted to fit in versus doing it to really like because it's who we are, it still doesn't feel genuine if something feels misaligned. 
So in a relationship, if you're putting up a wall and you're feeling that defensiveness, I would say it's okay that that you're there today, but we need to move you know, past this. We need to figure out how you can have the confidence to show up because we all want amazing relationships. We get coupled up. You know, if, if we're interested in that, if, we're, if we want to have a partner, we don't go into it thinking, I hope this fails, right? I mean, I don't, I don't want this to be great, right? You think like this is, you know, especially in the beginning, right? It's a honeymoon phase. Everyone says, you know, this is amazing. I hope this lasts forever. And then it often doesn't. And the reason why is because we get into our old patterns, our old loops, our brain says, you know, we can't, we can't do this. We can't behave this way. And we don't check in with ourselves enough. So I would say the first thing is to check in with yourself and really ask yourself hard questions about what you want. And if you don't know your partner, because and maybe you knew your partner once and you haven't asked that question, what do they want? If you've been together for a while, you need to check in. I have something in my program that I call the 10-minute touch base. And it's a once-a-week meeting with your partner that asks really basic questions. How did this week go for you? How did it go for me? What worked well? What didn't? What do you need most from me next week? What should I focus on? And 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 what and same question for them. And so you're constantly checking in with each other. And it really gives you a nice open forum to say, like, this is when we're going to have difficult conversations at this meeting. So during the week, I don't recommend, unless it's an emergency, I don't recommend really like going deep into anything because if you're, if, if you're anything like me, it's, you're very busy, you're working, you got kids, you're going to this practice, going to that practice, going, you know, making this dinner. And by the time night comes, you're kind of tired and it's not, you know, you're not sitting every night wanting to sit down and talk. So I say, do it once a week, you know, and then you'll learn each other as you go and things change. So I, it's like something that has to happen. If you want to be in a successful relationship, I think it has to happen every week. And it will start to break down those walls of defense in this because now you now you know you're being heard. It takes a little courage in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I remember when my wife and I first did this, you know, it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't comfortable because we never did it before. But that's like anything else in life, right? So it's like, do it. Do it once. See how it goes. See how it feels. Be honest with, with yourself. But I think you'll find that the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll get with it. And then you'll realize the benefit of it. And it's like, wow, now throughout the week, I see myself transitioning to uh, someone who's actually less defensive because I know that I'm trying to show up as the best partner for my wife and my wife's trying to show up as the best partner for me. Gay couples, it works as well. It doesn't have to be a heteronormative couple, but point being always be checking in because there might be something that slips through the cracks. You're not a mind reader and you're also learning. So you should always be trying to do better. And that's what the 10 minute touch base is all about. You started that with the the check-in and it sounded to me more like there was some solo check-in that maybe needed to happen first, like some reflection or the majority of my female clients they say that they don't have time for these check-ins. And and even though I know that's not always true, because if we can find, you know, research says at least three hours a day, we're on our phones, we, we have time to do it. What would you say to someone who was like, literally didn't know what you meant by 
like checking in with the self. Like it or not, I, I really believe we're always checking in with ourselves. It's just that a matter of whether we're doing it intentionally or not, right? Because throughout the day, you have a voice in your head that's speaking to you, whether you're alone in the car, driving to work, or you're walking on down the street, eating lunch by yourself, whatever the case may be, whenever you're moving through your day, you're definitely having thoughts. Tell me why you don't have time to jot down some of those thoughts, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we all, like you said, we have this right, right next mm-hmm. to us all the time. It has a notes feature. That's what I use. But if you like pen, I like pen and paper sometimes, that's fine. If you like pen and paper, bring a journal. But I don't believe, I'm sorry, I just don't believe that you don't have time to check in with yourself. So the question is, if if that's your excuse, if you want to use that excuse that you don't have time because you're so busy, because Mm -hmm. it's in this, in this world, if you're not busy, you're not important, right? Oh my God, yes. Which by the way, I say that facetiously, I hope for the listeners that they understand, like, that's not true. And I, Mm -hmm. I actually. I talk a lot about how the redefining words is important for yourself. So how do you define that? And being productive, meditating is productive. Doing yoga is productive. Going for a walk by yourself and thinking is productive. You do have time. It's a matter of how you use your time. And I think it's Tony Robbins who says like what you focus on is is what you feel. So, you know, if you want to improve your relationship with yourself, you need to just do it. If you want to improve your relationship with your partner, you need to just focus on it. If you're choosing not to spend that time to touch base each week, then you'll, that's your answer. Then I guess maybe it's not what you want. Now you can like a little trick. I, I call it the daily jam, which is what okay. I use. And jam stands for journaling, affirmations, and meditation. And you only need about 10 minutes for each of those things. For me, and what I would recommend is starting a routine that incorporates at least one of those things. So journaling, 10 minutes of journaling when you first wake up. Wake up a little earlier than your kids wake up if you have kids. Or you know, wake up a little earlier than you need to, to to get ready for work. Sit down, pen and paper on your notes app and jot, jot down what you're feeling. Jot down what your goals are for the day. Jot down how you want to show up in the day. Affirmations, I think, are important because... Our minds love to tell us what's wrong about us oh, all the time. Mm-hmm. And what's wrong about our relationship and what's wrong about us as fathers and what's wrong about us as mothers and what we do wrong and why we're not good enough and why we didn't get the promotion that we wanted or didn't finish the book we started or whatever. You know, all of the mm-hmm. things that we all tell ourselves about how bad we are. And we need to start doing some new patterns with our brains. If we don't work on affirmations, those negative thought patterns will continue. So in order to improve your relationship, improve yourself, you have to tell yourself the good stuff about you. Because I guarantee you, whoever's listening to this, every one of you has something great about you and lots of good things. So why are we not talking about them to ourselves and focusing on that? Because I'll tell you what, for a long time, I didn't do that either. And it's it's awful. Like, it just is. So stop <laughs> just stop yeah it's that simple just make the choice seriously make the choice to stop doing that to yourself mm-hmm. you are incredible tell us why tell yourself why write it down repeat it every day my favorite one is this quote by ken Clauber. he's and he says you're better than you think you are you can do more than you think you can mm-hmm. and i always repeat that one to myself every day because I do things that scare me all the time. Coming on this podcast is not something I'm used to. It's not something I'm super comfortable doing. 
And so anxiety and nerves and imposter syndrome and all the things that we all have in us, I tell myself, you're better than you think you are. You can do more than you think you can. And the third piece of that meditation. Meditation. Yeah. I mean, so that's something that I think people get wrong that like they feel like if they can't shut their mind off. Yes. That they're just not doing it right. And that's that's something I would encourage anyone listening. It's not that's not the goal of meditation. It's really just to be comfortable sitting in silence. Mm. Or even, you know, if you want to put on some soft music that you like, and just being and just appreciating what's around you, having gratitude for what's great in your life, you know, and saying thank you. Gratitude, I think, is such an important practice that we often skip over as well. You know, we'll say thank you during the day to someone, right? But we have so many things to be grateful for. And again, going back to the world and how, you know, it's very easy to be negative. It's very easy to focus on the negative. I think meditation, again, five, 10 minutes, just sitting alone and being okay and setting, you know, setting intentions for your day. I think that is super important. And I think it links back to that um, defensiveness topic that we kind of started with, because when you start to get comfortable with your own inner narrative um, and your own being, your own physical symptoms, you know, I, I liked what you said about we're paying attention to ourselves all the time. We just maybe aren't being intentional about it. You are paying attention you know, to your body or you're listening to it. Um, and whatever that pattern is or whatever that autopilot is or the auto, you know, the automated message of I suck, I'm bad, I'm no good, I need to produce, I I need to make this many sales this month, I need whatever, whatever the narrative is. And that if we're not productive, we're not good, you know, is I love that reframe that you just said about this this one 20 minute 10 to 20 minute activity that any human can do regardless of your gender to check in with yourself and figure out how you're talking to yourself what you need maybe what your partner needs what your kids need what do your kids need to hear from you this week um i'm i'm reading a book right now um harriet lerner and it's i think it's called the marriage rules um, and they're like really like three pages in each little category that she's got. And one of them is the the five to one rule. And so five positive things for every one negative thing that might come out of your mouth towards your partner. And, and I take it the next step with my clients and take it to your kids. Cause I think as parents, we are, we are constantly trying to keep them safe and keep them healthy and and all these things. And it can turn into a, don't do that. You shouldn't do that. Don't touch that. Don't be like that. Don't show up differently. Don't be so excited. Don't be so whatever. The process that you just walked everybody through of journaling affirmations, meditation is bringing light to all of the ways that we naturally talk to ourselves. And if it's hard, if someone's listening right now and, and as the as the primary parent or the partner, whatever gender you are listening right now, and you think, one, I don't have 10 minutes. Two, I would have nothing positive to say. And three, there's no way that I could sit in silence or quiet with my own self for more than 30 seconds. That 
that right there is your body and your mind saying to you that you might need more outside support. You might need something like Frederick's group. You might need something like an accountability emotion buddy. You might need therapy. You might need coaching. You might need something more. And that's not to say that you don't already have the skills because one of my core beliefs is that everybody does know what they need and everybody is capable of change. But if those limiting beliefs are entering your mind right now, it's likely a sign that you're going to need another human to walk with you through that. 100% agree. And and one of my missions in, in life, it, the reason I started coaching is because I wanted to help men feel vulnerable enough mm-hmm. to admit to themselves that they that they are strong for going to therapy. Now, I'm not a therapist. I do go to therapy. And I go to therapy because I need to. (laughs) I mean, I need to. I have two kids. My oldest, my daughter, she's 16. She's amazing, super creative. She was born with a physical disability that is undiagnosed. We she was in and out of hospital when she was very young. So now has a fear of doctors, which is awful. All to say that parenting her has been difficult because, she, and this is probably, I'm sure re- will resonate with, with all the parents listening, is every child is different. And as a dad, all I ever wanted to be is an amazing dad. And for a long time, I felt like I was failing. And so going back to like the limiting beliefs and what we tell ourselves, all the negative things for a long time, I was telling myself that I wasn't a great dad. And when I started going to therapy to work through some of that, what I found out was that that's just a false story that I was telling myself for years and it was affecting every, everything else in my life. So, and I will say, if I'm being completely honest, I resisted going to therapy for a while. My wife had told me to go probably at least a year, maybe even more than that before I actually went. So for all the men listening, especially, but anyone really, if you haven't gone and you are thinking about it or or scared about it or feel like you don't need it, I would suggest trying it. It It's not necessarily for everybody. Not My experience isn't going to be everyone's experience, but I found that it's been hugely impactful to just breaking down some of my own limiting beliefs that I used to have. And, and certainly I'm not a perfect human, so I still have some, and I'm being able to talk to somebody outside of my circle who doesn't necessarily like have any vested interest in the sense of like wanting me to do a certain thing. It's just listening and then responding and, and having that professional experience hear it from another man because I think men especially have this idea that asking for help is weak and it's completely just a false belief that we tell ourselves asking for help is strength nobody can walk through this life alone we always need help from someone and it's one of the first things that we learn and we and we have to do out of the womb 
is we have to cry to get our needs met because there's no other way that we're going to get our needs met unless we make noise. And so like literally the first thing that babies do is cry to be held, to be fed, to be warm, to be close to other humans. I actually think it's an instinct. It's not even something that we learn. It's an instinct for survival to. And then we shut it down. That and then we shut it down. It's like, oh and, no, do that. Yeah. And it gets kind of like beaten out of us a little bit by hurt and pain and grief. And we we learn to be quieter. We learn to hide away or we learn to escape. We we learn to and, and this that I, I I harp a lot on, on the phone thing, but I mean we've had other devices, other other things for years. Um it's not just this, but there's a different perspective, I think, with escaping with your phone because we think it's entertainment or it's almost um I don't want to use the word celebrated, but it's accepted maybe. And I think there can be if someone chooses, there can be so many so many more joyous gratitude reflective moments brought on with just swapping 20 minutes of something that you're already doing with something new like like a check-in on a on a weeknight with a partner or a daily check-in with yourself or a a 15 minute eye contact with your kids you know letting them just say what they need to say to you without reacting i think there's a lot of ways that we can be creative and find time to connect with the people that we love and to really be honest with ourselves in terms of what we need. And all of that turns our defensiveness around. I agree. I think, you know, we tend to go to the easy, like low hanging fruit of coping mm-hmm. with with life and, and life is difficult for everyone. So my challenge to anyone would be like, do something different, change something positive to something positive you know whether that's you know the journaling or the affirmations or the meditation or instead of staring at your phone on social media put it down go play a board game with your kids or like very simple things these aren't you know it's not rocket science that we're talking about but it is something that's uncomfortable and i think when we talk about how we show up and i love this quote the most successful people in life are the ones that have the most uh, uncomfortable conversations something to that effect and i probably got that wrong destroyed it but the idea behind it is like if you're not willing to be uncomfortable like how are you ever going to move forward being that's how we move forward being you know going through failure is how we learn like way more than having a win so it's okay to fail it's absolutely okay to fail and it's okay if you've been failing if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself oh my gosh like I haven't been showing up in my relationship the way I should have been for for five years or 10 years or whatever, however long it's been. Start today. That's okay. Start today. We do tend to go towards the easy. And yeah. I think that's human nature. I think it is human nature to do that. You know, yeah. come home, sit down, eat, go on your phone, turn on the TV. There's more if you want it. If you want it. Yeah. I think most of us do want it. We just don't know how. So you're not alone. You are capable. It's just a matter of telling yourself that you want it enough to make a change and do something about it. And you can start small and and because it's and expect new, for it to feel hard, like yeah, expect it to be uncomfortable, hard. stumbly. You know, like 
sitting in those unknowns can be uncomfortable when you have hard conversations and and you're kind of like, okay, well, now we're going to try this new thing this week, but I'm not quite sure. And I'm probably going to mess it up. And I'm not going to say the thing that she needs me to say. And, you know, just my partner and I even had a conversation a couple of weeks ago. And I, I said, how can I show up for you this week? How can I kind of see and validate and, and give encouragement for, for the changes that you're trying to make, the things that you're trying to improve on? And, and he gave me this line. And then I said, okay. And I told myself, you know, all week I was, I was going to do it. I was going to remember to do it. And then Friday came and I was like, I had to, I had to like pony up to it. And I said, I don't think I said that thing to you this week, did I? And then, you know, and then we had to have that conversation about, you know, how, how to show up for each other again. Right. And, and the, you know, the way that we ended that conversation was still like, well, you're bringing it up now, right? Like you noticed, you noticed that you didn't say it. And so, you know, that's okay. And and I appreciate that you were looking for moments, you know, to, to say it in. And um, it's, it's challenging to show up in relationships, not only the way that you need to, but how they need you to. And how do you know, if you're never checking in with each other, how do you know you know, again, you can't just make assumptions. You need to ask, you need to have that conversation. And if you're not having it regularly, it's difficult to keep up because life does move fast and people change. So I think it's important to always be checking in. Thank you so much, Frederick, for being here and having this conversation with me today. All of Frederick's links and his Facebook group and all the things are going to be in the show notes. So that's where you can access those things and connect with him. If you know somebody who needs a space to communicate with other men and bring vulnerability and accountability into their lives and into their relationships, you can start with his um, free Facebook group and um, you can find out all the information that you might need to know about Frederick um, in the links below. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's been a treat.